Hey, this is Matthew Pryfogel. Thanks for tuning in to the Thrive Ministries podcast. I hope you like it. I hope it brings you encouragement and brings you closer in your walk with Christ. So what do you think of yourself? When you look in the mirror, what do you see? Like, we're surrounded with this message this time of year of, Look in the mirror. What better time to become a new you? Like we're constantly surrounded by this message of lose weight, look better, live a better life right now. And if it's not our weight, we need to be concerned about it. Some other facet of our appearance, right? For guys, it's the hair. Remember those hair club for men commercials uh, way back in the day? Uh, They prayed on our insecurity of losing our hair. I mean, if you want to get a wife, if you want to get a better job, well, you got to start with more hair, brother. And I'm not even going to get started on that stuff that you could actually, you know, spray on your bald spot. Yeah, no, no, we're not even going to go there. Or Lord forbid, all right, Lord forbid you are a male with some gray hair. All right. Well, got just a thing to fix that up. Just throw in this other stuff, but it's, they always prey on our insecurities. Now for women, it's probably even worse because they have everything from hair color to makeup. And in fact, you know, I do this research so you don't have to, but there's a whole corner of the internet that's dedicated to nothing but tutorials for women on how to apply makeup. Like that's all that is. It's just Nothing but a close-up of someone's face, and they show you exactly how to put makeup on. Uh, right. Now, there's this other thing for women called Spanx. Like, I'm not even going to go into what Spanx is, but it's it's something to help the appearance of women. But, but the thing is, the thing is, is that we believe in these things. We want them to work. We want more happiness. We want a spouse. We want more money. We want to believe these things will bring us joy. And when we're left to our own ability to make sense of it all, we buy into it, right? I mean, someone is buying this stuff. Or or maybe you look at yourself and, and all you see are the failures that have been a part of your life. You know, maybe when you look in the mirror, you don't see Uh, someone that's overweight that could stand to lose a few pounds or or that's gray, or maybe you're seeing all that and then you're seeing all these other shortcomings you've had, all the times that you just didn't measure up, all the times where you felt insignificant, that you felt less than worthy. You you look around at other families or other people and you think, "Why, why can't I be like that? Why can't, why can't I make as much money as them? Why, why can't I have that car? Why can't I live in that house? Maybe you, you look at what you have and think that it, it, just, it just doesn't measure up. Like you've somehow failed a life because you can't afford all these nice things that someone else has. And so that's what we're going to talk about. What you think of yourself. I think this is a really important question to ask because if you buy into all this stuff we just talked about, I'm too fat, I'm too ugly, I'm too hairless, I'm too gray, I'm not worthy. If you buy into that, you are exactly where Satan wants you. He wants you to believe this lie that you are less than worthy. Second Thessalonians 2, 9 and 10 
talks about just that, that um, the lawless one will come and he'll use all displays of power through signs and wonders that serve the lie. And the lie is that we buy into all too easily is that we aren't good enough, that we somehow don't measure up in some way. It's, it's like we're all too eager to believe that someone else is automatically better than us, that we look in the mirror and we are disgusted with what we see. Did you know we spend around $66 billion every year on losing weight? Don't get me wrong. I know. I, I can, <laughs> believe me, I can stand to use a few pounds. But here's the thing. I don't think most people are trying to lose weight because they want their blood pressure to go down. I don't think most people are trying to lose weight because they want to avoid the onset of diabetes. They should. But I think most people are trying to lose weight because they want to fit into a pair of jeans. They want to lose weight because they want to impress someone. They want to lose weight because they think that's what they should look like. Now, remember, Jesus tells us in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. And Satan would like nothing more than to steal your self-confidence. For you to believe that you aren't worthy, that you don't measure up, that you are somehow a disgrace, and that you aren't worthy of anyone's love, let alone God's love. Why would he love you? That's where Satan wants you. That's where Satan wants you right now. And here's the thing. We don't need a mirror to buy into it. We're surrounded by images every day of this ideal that we can never live up to. It's in the magazines we read, the shows we watch, and nearly every single advertisement we see. And here's the other thing is that social media does not help. And believe me, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, MySpace, whatever you're using, they're good for many, many things, but it can also be kind of dangerous. And I'm not even, I'm not even talking about the predatory stuff that can happen. Here's what I mean. When you look at someone's post on any social media, you are only seeing this tiny sliver of what that person wants you to see. You're seeing a tiny morsel of this much bigger picture. Not only that, you're seeing a tiny morsel of the absolute best of what that person has posted. Now, you ever notice no one posts pictures of when they first wake up? When they're all, you know, crusty and they're swollen, their eyes are all squinty. No one ever puts that up. You ever notice that? You ever notice how people don't post the pictures of their families when they're fighting and arguing? Yeah, you never see those pictures, do you? Now, let me tell you a story. I used to do uh, photography on the side. And I, I was doing the, this family, uh, their family portraits once, and we had it together. And this family, they were having a bad day, right? I mean, a bad day. And the kids were at each other's throats. They were fighting. They were like, you're the worst. No, you're the worst. The mom was getting mad. She's like, you're both the worst. Yeah. You know, the dad's just beside himself. And it's like, you know how awkward it is when families start disagreeing and you're kind of the outsider in the middle of it. That was me, man. It was so awkward. And then it's like, okay, guys, let's, uh, Let's pose and everybody smile and everybody quit fighting and they had smiles on their faces and they look like the perfect family. 
And I, I tell you this story because it's easy to look at what someone else has and think, I, I want what they have. It's easy to look at what a picture that someone puts on Facebook or Instagram and think, I want that. Why can't my family get along like they do? Why can't we do fun things like that? What's wrong with me? What's wrong with our family? You know, it, it's really easy to fall into this trap of feeling inferior to other people. Like, like you don't somehow compare that, you know, that you're not doing any of the fun stuff this other family's doing. I mean, you're only seeing a very small part of a much bigger person, all right? And so what I'm trying to tell you is do not buy into the lie that you aren't good enough, that you're not like someone else, that someone else's family is way better. You don't buy into that at all, which is a problem. It's a huge problem today. It's a problem that uh, that I'm not sure we know how to fix right off the bat because if it's if it's up to us believing and, and buying into this this problem that we're not good enough, if, it, if it's up to us to fix that, we'd throw money at it, right? I mean, remember I, I said earlier, we spend $66 billion a year on trying to lose weight. We try every single way to, to, to fix this uh, as easily as possible, you know? Um, we, we, we chase this empty promise of if we just looked a certain way, if we dressed a certain way, if we, if we drove a certain car, maybe we'd finally be happy. You know, I would like nothing more than a 65-inch TV in my living room. You know, oh my gosh, that would be just incredible. But it's not going to make me happy. It's not going to bring me joy. It's not going to bring me salvation by, by any stretch. But it's an empty promise right? It's an empty promise of what I think that TV is going to bring. And, and it could be, it could be whatever. It could be an addiction. It could be, it could be pornography. It could be whatever, you know, it's an empty promise that you think is going to bring you happiness and it won't or, or worse yet, or worse yet. What if we adapt this mindset that if I change the way I am, maybe I'd finally win the approval of the people around me. If I could somehow be someone that I'm not, I'll finally gain acceptance from this person or this group. You know, I hear a true story where um, I'm in the car with my daughter and she's 12 years old. We're driving along and, um, and she asked me what I was like when I was younger. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, here we go. Uh, but she asked me, did you drink? I did. Did you get drunk? I did why? And I, I thought about, it. I had to really think, hey, how do you explain to your 12 year old daughter, you know, why you got drunk? And, and I, I told her, I said, Gretchen, it's because I bought into this lie that I had to be someone else, that I had to drink like no one else. So that these people would think I was the greatest guy in the world. You know, I had to, I had to do stupid things while I was drunk and, and win the approval of a group that, that I, I thought I had to have. And so I did these things because I bought into that lie that I had to change who I am to get the approval of these people. You know, and and so that brings me to the point, how does God see us? You know, if everybody else, if we have this distorted view of ourselves and how we see other people, so how does God see us? And I think if we're going to talk about how God sees us, we need to go back in time 
to the Old Testament. Specifically, we're going to look in the book of 1 Samuel because the people at this particular time, they, they wanted a king, right? All the other nations around them had a king, so they, they wanted one as well. And God told them, this is a bad idea. This is a bad idea, but of course, you know, they didn't listen and they wanted a king anyway. So, so this guy, Samuel, he's the high priest of Israel. He uh, anointed this guy named Saul to be their king. Now, listen to how he is described in the Bible, right? So this guy, Saul, is going to be made king of Israel. This is how he's described in the Bible in 1 Samuel uh, chapter 9, verse 2. Saul, who was a handsome young man, there was no one more handsome than Saul. He stood a head taller than any other man in Israel. He was tall. He was handsome. He looked the part. Outwardly, he looked the part of a king. But here's what happened when Saul became king. He would fail. And he would not only fail, he would fail so hard that God actually rejected Saul as king. But God goes to Samuel and he tells Samuel, you know what? Don't worry about it. I'll give you a new king. And he's going to be way better than Saul. Go see this dude, Jesse, and have him show you his son. So, so Samuel goes to Jesse. And Jesse brings his son out. He has seven boys in front of Samuel. And Samuel looks at the oldest. His name is uh, Eliab. And and Samuel is sure this is the one. He's strong. He's handsome. He's got to be the one, right? Nope. What about the next one? Nope. Next one? Nope. On and on it goes. God tells Samuel this. In this situation, as as they're rejecting, you know, son after son, God tells Samuel this in 1 Samuel 16, 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. So finally, Samuel looks at Jesse and and says, this is all your sons? And Jesse's like, well, yeah, there's the youngest boy, but he's out back with the sheep. Do you really want me to bring him? And so, by the way, uh, this boy tending sheep, this boy that wasn't worthy to be in the same room as his brothers, this little boy that was given one of the worst jobs on the farm, this little boy that um, was deemed completely unworthy by his own family, was a boy named David. And who, by the way, would be the greatest king the nation of Israel ever saw? And that's because God didn't see David as the people around saw David. God saw his heart. And God would have big plans for David. And here's the mind-blowing, amazing part to all of this is that God has big plans for you. I don't know what they are, But I do know that if you are buying into the lie that you aren't good enough, you aren't worthy, you aren't special, those plans that God has for you will never happen. Let me drive it home with this. Imagine four scenes, okay? Imagine four different scenes. One of them, you're standing, you are overlooking some mountains. And they're gently... Uh, sloping and there's trees and there's a light haze and the sun is hitting it just right. And it's a beautiful, beautiful scene. All right. You have that. You have a crystal clear 
lake in front of you, surrounded by by the colors of the fall, maybe a snow-capped mountain in the background. That's your second scene. Your, your, your other scene is maybe a, a beach, soft white sand, palm trees, the breeze is blowing. It's a gore. The ocean is blue behind it. For the fourth scene, imagine a, 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 a night filled with stars. You can see the galaxies in the sky. You can see the stars. It's just incredible. Now, I, I don't know which one you feel connected with. I'm guessing you feel connected with one of them because you know that it's a beautiful creation from God. You know that each one of those scenes, no one person can make that happen. That the God, You can see God's hands at work in those mountains. You can see God's hands at work on that beautiful lake with the mountains behind it. You can see God's work at hand with the with the planets and the stars in the sky. You can see God's hand at work on that beach and you're looking out at the ocean and how beautiful it is and you you see God's hands at work in this. All right. So with that in mind, I'm going to give you this Genesis 127a. So God created mankind in his own image. God created all those images God created you and you are the same as any one of those images God's hand was at work creating those beautiful scenes and God's hand was at work creating you if you don't feel worthy if you don't feel good enough if you don't feel special I'm telling you right now it is a lie because believe me you are amazing and you are amazing because No one else received the gift that God gave us in Jesus Christ. And it's through Christ that you are made a new creation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, the new is here. You are a new creation in Christ. When you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you accept him, put him in your heart and live a life that glorifies Jesus, you are a new creation and the lie that you aren't good enough, that you aren't worthy is gone. And it's so exciting when you finally realize that, when you realize what God has done for you. It's exciting when you can when you can throw that lie off like it's a heavy blanket around your shoulders. When you can throw that off, when you have Christ, you are a new creation. And believe me, if God has created it, it is pretty amazing. Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the love you have for us. We thank you for the new creation that you have made us. We thank you that you love us the way you do and that and that we can throw off the lie that we aren't worthy, that we aren't good enough, that we're too fat, we're too ugly. We can get rid of those labels and only be labeled a son of God, a daughter of God, a child of God under one God that is you. We love you so much for that blessing. We love you so much for the love you have for us. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Thanks for checking out the Thrive Podcast. We'll try and do these every single week, so stay tuned. Thanks for listening, and God bless.